Hi, everyone. Thanks for downloading the first official episode of the podcast about nothing, brought to you by the blog about nothing. Uh, this was our first podcast that we've recorded, and as such, there may be a few tiny issues with the audio, but it's still pretty good quality, and you should still find it very easy to listen to. We do plan on ironing out the kinks as we go along, though. So having said that, enjoy! Welcome to the podcast about nothing, an official podcast of the blog about nothing. I'm your host and website owner, Anthony Caruso, and I want to thank you for downloading our very first episode. This is going to be a new feature of the website going forward in the year 2016, but as the arguably biggest cultural event of our generation is bearing down upon us this week, I thought we'd be remiss if we didn't do an episode or two about Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Joining me tonight are Nikolai. Say hi, Nikolai. And Mike. So, hey, everybody. So, Star Wars. You know, what is your guys' history with this movie franchise? I, I have the games. I've been video games. I've a lot of good fun. The movies, of course, the movies. Number one. How old were you when you first saw them? Oh, I was uh, 10 years old, maybe. Or younger. I used to have, I used to have like an old, uh, my dad's old Star Wars t-shirt I used to wear around all the time. Oh, nice. I saw the VHS of the uh, original trilogy. Yeah, I do too. I remember when those went on sale for the re-release. And they're much better than the Blu-ray, which just came out, which is awful. Yeah, well, George Lucas and his edits, but <laughs> I feel like that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. <laughs> George Lucas selling out to Disney. Yeah, exactly. So what, what do you I... think, Nikolai? Yeah, what about you, Nikolai? What is your history with this movie franchise? I saw it when I was a kid, and my experience was mixed because I saw the original with my family, and then my uncle had the special edition VHS tapes, which featured cool additions like the Sarlacc pit having that mouth come out, and then also lame additions because I'm like, why do those puppets look so weird now? Oh because they're very bad CGI that hasn't aged that well at all. <laughs> and, I don't know, I, I fell in love with the series partially because of its music and partially because of the lore. I mean, my fascination with it has only gotten more and more intense as I've gotten older. And, I don't know, I'm excited to see, you, uh, see what J.J. Abrams has done with it. And uh, because and I was actually very relieved to learn recently that the one who's writing it isn't in fact J.J. Abrams, but the guy who wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back, and his name is eluding me right now. It's uh, Lawrence Kadashian, something like that. Okay, so he yes, uh, he, he, the guy is in fact a woman, and <laughs> he he wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and he is also writing the upcoming. Okay, so not a woman. <laughs> No, it's not a woman. He is also writing the upcoming Han Solo spin-off movie. Oh, wait. Uh, 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 I thought the next uh, spin-off movie, quote-unquote, was when they were going to... Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying quote-unquote when we're doing a podcast. (laughs) Uh, No, I thought the next one after this one was going to be the heist movie that showed us how they stole the Death Star plan. Rogue One, yes. Yeah. But then I believe the second one is a Han Solo Boba Fett feature. They've been uh, they've been auditioning young actors to play the young Han Solo. 
Nice. Uh, but yeah, my history is very similar to your guys. I saw this movie, these the original trilogy for the first time, I think, when I was six years old. Loved them. It was love at first view. And, uh, I remember like, the graphics being so good when I first watched it. The graphics are still good, and I think that's because <laughs> they're real and not in CGI. For the most part. Yeah. Obviously the space battles, you know, whatever. But that's puppetry, a lot of it, too, so... Yeah, well, on a certain level, I mean, James Cameron's Avatar being an obvious exception, CGI does not fool the eye. I mean, we can, the suspension of disbelief kind of gets ruined if it's not very precise and elegant. Uh, I would think, I think there are a few uh, exceptions to the rule. I... Well, at least in the later Marvel movies, I think Iron Man looks pretty real. Oh, definitely, but... And the Hulk looks really looks really good in the newer Avengers movies. Yes. But again, it kind of fits in with what I was saying, that with the, oh, with the Hulk, you can see the definition of the muscles and, arm, and Iron Man's armor. You can see the interlocking metal pieces. It all looks very well done. CGI, CGI nowadays is held to a certain visual standard because it can make or break the moment that the film is trying to make. And, you know, it's come a long way since the 90s or, you know, the most recent sci-fi standalone movie. What was that? Oh, right. Sharknado 3, 4. (laughs) Hey, the Sharknado movies are hilarious. I never said they weren't funny. I just said they they were absolutely ridiculous. I would never go to a theater to watch that. Mike, if you went to the theater, that's your own damn fault. Because I wouldn't go to the theater to watch that. (laughs) Um... Yeah, but not to get too far off from the Star Wars thing, I guess. Uh, yeah, because CGI go up for hours, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, CGI, we could, again, that's like a podcast for a whole, that could be a topic in and of itself, CGI in movies. Agreed. Um, but yeah, Star Wars, I mean, what was it about the story that drew you guys in initially when you first saw the original trilogy, I guess? Unless, unless you saw the prequel trilogy first. The whole like storyline, like how it's all like this is like own world. Like it looks very like original, and it was a word original. It was very realistic looking. It's like you could believe it. And the story between like the love, the marriage, the the violence. What about you, Nikolai? I have to say the coolest part for me were the Jedi. The concept of the uh, warriors that were and devoted to learning uh, to a strict philosophy and also having what at the time what I thought were semi-magic powers and it just and just the way that because they weren't immortal they were very human and I think that was an important moment for anyone watching that even with people of this power you can go wrong and you can go and you can uh, end up like Darth Vader or and even if you're matching Darth Vader you can be slain so you know it was just it was just you know it was my first experience with space opera so the fact that they that they wove so many I guess you'd call them operatic themes into the stories love loss survival like Mike was talking about and it's like the backdrop of a of a war setting. It would w- just kind of. It was a very real war. You can, from how everything seemed broken to world to a literal world being destroyed. It was 
it was one of the most intense and epic movies I'd ever seen to that point. And just like this, like the, like the Death Star and I'm, all the ships and everything. You just I'm actually it's relatable, relatable too to like. I'm actually going to make a very controversial statement, piggybacking off what Nikolai said. The Jedi are my least favorite part of the Star Wars movies. Okay, oh, because what was the reason on that? What. Well, what drew me in was that were the more quote unquote human characters like Han and Leia over people like Vader or Luke or Obi Wan. I liked the grittiness of Han, and I loved him and the partnership of him and Chewie and the Falcon and even the droids. But the Jedi have just always been my least favorite aspect. And when I say least favorite, it's not that I don't like them because even my least favorite things in Star Wars are better than 99% of other sci-fi things out there. But yeah, what I guess what also drew me in was the story as a whole. It's really A New Hope in particular is kind of like a masterclass in how to write a story. Like it's Joseph Campbell's uh, what's the name of the book? The Hero's Journey. It's a hero's journey brought to life. Like, just you start with a boy who has no idea of his, you know, important, you know, this average boy who finds out he's destined for greater things with a wise old mentor dot, you know, it's beat by beat the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. So I think Star Wars is really the first thing, A New Hope was the first thing that really taught me all these, you know, tropes that are so predominant in every classic, uh, iconic story. Whether it's movie, novel, television, whatever. Yeah, too. J.D. Abrams posted the, the, a long and long um, letter about how he he goes, you know, he's keeping in George Lucas's like story wise, not changing anything up because it doesn't need to be changed up. Wait, what do you mean? There was a, a long article that came out. People were afraid that he would change too much. Oh, like as in like the history? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he'd have a riot on his hand if he tried to change the history of the you know universe. I wouldn't mind if you changed some things out of the prequels. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's. I think it's you know. I think we. It's clear the three of us have a huge love for the original trilogy. What are starting with you, Mike? What are your feelings with the prequel trilogy? It's not a space opera. It's just. It's a complete. It's an. It's an action adventure movie, and the big difference is that in an opera. And you know that's what's so strange about it. We are we are being told the story of how Darth Vader was made. That is basically the point of the prequel trilogy. And they Darth didn't Vader focus on it at all. Exactly. I mean, if you watch the cartoon series, uh, both the two D and the three D, you actually get to interact with Anakin and his and, and uh, other characters and Obi Wan, and you get to see genuine bond and everything, and everything put together, and, and you just don't get that from the movies. In the space, in in each of the original trilogy movies, you get a space opera feel from the moments of vulnerability, the mo- the small victories, or, or the big victories, or the huge losses, or you know, I mean, how about that moment when Luke uh, cried cried out after he after Raider revealed that he was his father, that the hand of evil was and death and destruction was his father. There is no moment in the original prequels that could that came close to that and you know it's really sad because Count Dooku played played by the one and only Christopher Lee was waiting for there to be good writing for his character and they used him well again in the 
cartoon series, but he felt so in he felt so underused in, in, in throughout that whole thing. I just I'm like he's so awesome. Why is he not more? Why can't he? be the one that draws Anakin to the dark side. I mean, I'm glad he wasn't. Like, I will, I like that it was Palpatine who drew him to the dark side, whatever. That was actually the one, the, one of the few redeeming things from the original series. I think Pal, the cho- actor chosen to play Palpatine did a really good job, and the few scenes, and the scenes that he, that showed him interacting with Anakin, they, those were believable. He was, he was the a, same actor who played Palpatine in the original trilogy. That's why it was great. Okay, mind blown a little bit there. <laughs> Ian, hey, McDerm- the, Ian McDermott that's his name <laughs> I knew it was Ian something Ian McDermott or McDermott I think it's McDermott actually but yeah no the prequels for me George Lucas got way too caught up in his world building and lost track of the story what world? yeah there was, there was a, lot of, a lot of extra worlds that, too, were, that were new worlds that were, that were added too much world building and politics and not enough emotion. He lost a sense of fun that made the original trilogy so great. I think the, I think the politics well, was to be f- pretty good. Well, to, you get to see the Empire and the Republic. Well, to be fair, you know, system. to be fair, the original series began in media res, which basically means in the middle of the story. So maybe, you know, like some of that in the original prequels, he felt like he had to build a Jenga tower tall enough to knock over so that everything in the following movies made sense. That doesn't excuse all the nonsense additions that he had, like all those droid models and everything, but, you know, it was... Okay, but he he got too carried away with his... There were scenes, like just conversations between Anakin and Padme, where both of the actors weren't on set. He'd CGI the other one in afterwards, so they were talking to nobody. What? Yes. How? Why? He would have Why? one of the actors in... Basically, talk to nobody, have the other actor in, then edit it together. Because he was so obsessed with the special effects and that stuff. Um, are, are, you, are you... That's not a joke. Are, are you quoting a forum somewhere, or are you actually looking... I'm talking about uh, which, a, which actor is it. One of the... Uh, Christian Hayden was... Uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't Anakin. It was one of the guys who played... Uh, it's eluding me, but it's a pretty well-known actor. He played one of the alien politicians, whatever. He only took the role because he used to have a few scenes with Natalie Portman, who he whose work he admired in other things. And uh, he showed up to set for his scenes with her, and she was never on set. George Lucas would put her in, CGI her into those scenes afterwards. I did not read this on any form. It was an interview with the actor. Hmm. Let me ask you this question. Assuming this new sequel sequel trilogy is great, and I know it'll never happen, but I'm playing devil's advocate here, so this is hypothetical. Hypothetical. Would you be okay if Disney said they are, you know, taking the prequels that Lucas did out of the canon and redoing the prequels? Not really. You would not be okay with it. How come? Uh Let's put it okay. I think it'd be too divisive at this point. Everyone, because because the entire fandom spoke out in the unified voice of the prequels sucked. I mean, of course there are dissenting opinions everywhere, but in I think I think the reason that George Lucas wised up and sold Disney was the immense amount of backlash that didn't just last for the first year that it was released, but the years of that followed. I mean, the amount of um, it just it just and 
I'm worried about anyone writing the prequels because they will try to do something so radically different from what they that they tried to do that I don't know if what will get it will be much better. See, each prequel movie has the potential to be good. The Phantom Menace is perhaps the least offensive because it's perhaps the smallest scale. I however, think that, yes, yes. However, and, but just as it got bigger and bigger, you're right. There was more, the world was more important than the characters in it, despite the fact that the characters are the ones changing and acting out their emotions, light and dark on the world. So like you said, he lost the, lost the focus. But again, I don't, think I could I don't know if the if Disney execs would uh, back off as they have with Marvel movies and just let a Star Wars prequel series be I think they try to meddle and what we'd get would be a bigger mess than what we have I was talking to Nikolai about the uh, the Jedi importance so you don't know who they were really until the prequels came out yeah that's that's true I I'll tell you this I would be okay if they if Disney just remade the prequels because to what you were saying you don't think Disney would be able to back off Disney didn't interfere with Abrams or the production of this one at all well that okay but then he's making new he's making something new and the fans have time to assess and react to it you're talking about one of the one of the series series that had the biggest love and hate reaction it, probably in recorded cinema. I mean, when you uh, the amount of love for the original trilogy versus the amount of hate, they pretty much is like the light and dark side of the force there. So that's what I'm that's what I'm concerned about. The negative uh, the negative impression that it left I it makes it a very risky venture. And despite the billions of dollars Disney has generated from its from acquiring Star Wars, from acquiring uh, Marvel, they won't want a failure that big. So, feel free to call me wrong or disagree with me, but I am not. I do not think that redoing the prequels for now is a good idea. I think they should gain momentum and prove that they can do Star Wars movies going into the future before messing with the past again. I'll say this, I hope they don't go past episode 9 in terms of the actual main through storyline. Fair enough to all the spin-offs and uh, whatever that you want, side stories if you will, in between stories that you want. But I hope, you know, the re- the Skywalker saga is just 9 episodes. I don't want them to continue that forever because eventually it will suck. Well, and yeah, I don't want to get to a, I don't want to get to a point where yeah, I don't want to get to a point where there are more bad movies in that saga than good ones. I completely agree with you. However, the Star Wars universe is so vast, well, it, it encompasses a universe. So I think there's plenty of stories beyond the Skywalker family that you could tell. Um, you could have a Wookiee protagonist, for instance, one that I... Or actually, that may, that might backfire on you, but... They tried that. It's called the Star Wars Christmas Story. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen that? I have. Absolute, I have seen that. It's an absolute train wreck. It's oh literally my. 25 minutes with no subtitles of Wookiees talking at one point. 
So do you want to... That's another thing really cool, too, like the, like the languages they have. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely cool. It's definitely... It's, I think... And I think that's part of the appeal to so many people. It's how expansive this world is. So, you know, we are now four days... Well, five officially, I guess, but four for me and Mike, you know, seeing a Thursday night, five for you, Nikolai. Uh, we're, you know, just under a week out from Star Wars The Force Awakens. So what are your hopes for this new movie? I'm hoping that we get to see old characters and that, more importantly, we get to see new characters because, as you said, they, you don't want to run the Skywalker saga into the ground, and the only way that uh, Disney will not do that is if we are introduced to people beyond the Skywalker and Solo family. And that... And so I look forward to seeing what they've done with these people. I've actually put myself in a semi-media um, blackout, and uh, I've only seen the first official trailer. I mean, it's impossible to avoid all of the media that's been on my on my banners and all that other and those other fun little uh, pop-ups that they like to inject with the stuff that you uh, are obsessing over during your internet searches, but uh, the only other scene that I uh, can recall with clarity is when Chewbacca and Han have their ha- hands over their heads, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. They they do something stupid enough to get themselves caught. What about you, Mike? What are your hopes for this new movie? Well, I, I can't wait to see returning like returning characters from before. I can see returning like returning characters from before. And uh, like Nikolai said, I can't wait to see the new new characters and their development and also also I'm looking forward to the effects because the effects have changed so much since the last one I was almost hoping it's not too much CGI but very believable and luckily it looks like good. luckily it looks like Abrams went back to a lot of puppetry effects as well thankfully yeah I, I, like, I like that I think today movies too many movies are just very cheap because they just want to use CGI and they don't, they don't go towards like costumes really as much as they used to it's just easier for them and it doesn't come out as much come, come out as well Used to. So that, that's just me. I'm looking forward to. How about you, Anthony? I'm looking forward. You know, I more than anything, I'm looking forward to the lights going down in that theater and hearing the opening notes of Star of the Star Wars theme as the title as the title scroll begins. I will be in tears of joy. But uh, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to when people, everybody clapping in the theater and just like. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking. I'm just looking forward to the whole experience, really. I'm exfi- I'm excited to see what characters like Han and Leia have been up to in the past 30 years, where Luke Skywalker's been. I'm excited to be introduced to this new cast of characters and, you know, see these new villains like Andy Serkis's Supreme Leader Snoke. Can I point out something unique about this? It's not that you, that both, that all three of us, Knowing full well just how much of a hassle it is to see something on uh, on opening day, how how crowded it's going to be, how loud it's going to be. That's what we're partially looking forward to. We're looking forward to seeing the people out in whether it's in plain T-shirts or in full costumed regalia, just celebrating this series and the stories. And just I can't. I mean, I'm going the day after, but I bet you anything. That if this movie is even half as good as everyone is hoping for, everyone will be out in costumes for at least the first month that it's in theater. I do like this, like that. The one theater we we have by us, that I think, which is very popular in the country now, is is it's a side seating. I think that that was a big change that helped a lot about the flies and stuff. What do you think? 
Oh, yeah, well, once again, America's late to the game, because Europe has been doing that for years. Yeah, the pro- well, you know, the, the pro- okay, uh, alright, so one correction I'd like to make before we continue this, because it is a very val- uh, valid conversation. I am going to be seeing it opening night, and also my girlfriend would like to say, no lens flares. <laughs> well, but- yes, J.J. Abrams said he does not do a lot of them, but it's clear that there are still going to be a few. Uh, I can live. I can live with a few. The, uh, no reason to, to completely. Uh, 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 no reason to completely kill what the guy likes to do. But he did way too much of them in Star Trek. I love those Star Trek movies, but this is Star Wars, so. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not mix it. Otherwise, we might have a chemical reaction. Uh, so why don't we talk? Like, I mean, I think all of us, for the most part, have been enacting a pretty big media blackout. But just judging from the first, you know, the teaser trailer and the first official trailer, we've both seen that we've all seen those two, right? I have. Uh, do you know, just judging from that, because it really didn't show much, but have any of you come up with any like theories as to what you think might happen? Nope. I want to see the, what the movie has to offer and uh, be and then judge it on its merit. Because speculation is fun, especially for established series, but given the fact that this will set the tone for a whole new generation seeing Star Wars, I'd like to see what they do on their own. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, establish expectations and then have them, and then have them uh, dashed because someone wrote it a different way. I mean, I could still like it, but I would rather just, I would rather just be surprised. I'm going, I'm trying, I'm doing something that I rarely do. I am trying to go into this as unexpected and unspoiled as possible. Mike, what about you? What are some of the theories you have? I kind of feel like that that, that Chewbacca and Han Solo are going to die. Yeah, I do too. I don't think Harrison, well, I think Harrison uh, Han Solo definitely will. I don't think he will. I I feel like there's going to be like a scene where he's like, he's going out in glory or something. Yeah, me too. At the end of the day. I feel like he, I don't, I feel like Harrison Ford didn't sign on for a whole new trilogy. I feel like this movie's going to be very passing the torch. I feel like, um, there's a lot of motions in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of ha- happy scenes and they get a lot of, like, characters that you, that you love from years, like, disappear, maybe. It's going to be like a roller coaster. I, I completely agree with that. You know, I, th- I do think one of the things that I think just like Star, well, not to harp on Star Trek, but J.J. Abrams' whole thing about, you know, oh, he's not Khan, he's not Khan, he's not Khan, and then he turns out to be Khan. I feel, I hope it's, I'm wrong, but I feel like that whole question of where's Luke Skywalker, where's Luke, I feel like it's going to be overblown disappointment as well. I hope I'm wrong. Right, right? Yeah, like I feel like. be a red herring. Yeah, I think he. I think he's just gonna be on some distant planet. And he's gonna show up in the final minutes of the movie, and he'll be a more predominant figure in the next one. Does anyone know the official length? Yes, it's two hours, and it's just over two hours, like two hours fifteen, maybe. Oh, a big question. What about the soundtrack? Are we? Are we gonna? This is gonna be John Williams coming back. Uh, it's gonna be incredible. I thought that was. That was actually one of the very first things that gave me faith in this new. Mm, in this new uh, movie, the fact that I heard that I read John Williams is coming back because that score, Star Wars would not be as iconic give, without, without the him. Imperial March, without the Rebel fighter music, without just all of it. I mean, it was so perfect. Yeah, I agree. 
Like it's gonna it's gonna be amazing. I don't I don't think you know as bad as this movie might be. Hopefully it's not. I don't think anyone's gonna find any fault with John Williams' score. That was oh. there was no problem with it, but the prequel trilogy either. Nope, not at all. As for me, I don't really have any theories except Mike. I totally agree with you. I think Han's gonna die, and I don't think Luke is gonna show up until the very end. Other than that, You're saying that based on trailers that have shown maybe the. Bit, bits and pieces of the first act. No, 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 no. I just, I just, I'm just, I just don't think so. This, I don't know why. I haven't, I've had, like, don't worry, like, I haven't seen much, like, besides the first, you know, teaser trailer and the real trailer. I have been doing, like you said, like you as well, something I rarely do, which is try to avoid as much information as possible. And I don't know, I'm just getting the feeling that Luke is going to be more in episode eight than he is in this movie. And I also, my, my only other theory is that Kylo Ren and Rey are, you know, related, and they're the Skywalkers and Solos. I, like, I hope the trailer is, like, is very vague, because I don't like going into a movie and then half the movie is my seizure from the trailers, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm glad that... Despite everything they've released, it really only appears to be from like three scenes. Pretty much. I mean, there are obvious uh, there are obvious scenes with uh, the new female and male protagonist uh, running around and doing stuff. But again, that, it all feels like what what we've seen so far are just are just opening, are just are just like the first few scenes. Oh, a big, a big thing there for you to bring up, actually. What do you think about BB-8? I think, I think he looks awesome, and the fact that he's a practical effect is amazing. It really is. Uh, I, you know, I never... Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of him yet, and I'm sure we will in the movie. I, I you know, I never thought it was possible they could find... They could make a robot as cute as R2-D2, but I think they did. Yeah, I, I think they really... I think it's one of the best things that I've seen so far in the trailers, and learning about him, him being in this because of the past like R2-D2 C-3PO you just, you just love that they're always like comedic relief in the movies right you know like and light. It's always, you always root for them all the time too I do hope this movie continues the tradition of R2-D2 saving everyone at least once he has in every other single movie <laughs> yes <laughs> those are the best scenes uh, surprisingly, we haven't. Well, you know, the two trailers I've seen, we haven't seen much of him. But uh, uh, I hope we know that it's uh, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, my only other theory is I feel like, uh, oh, well, not it's, it's not so much a theory as a hope. I hope that the only ties to the prequel trilogy is Darth Plagueis is going to be the main villain of this trilogy. I yeah. don't know who that is. In the prequel trilogy, uh, Emperor, well, you know, Palpatine before he became you know, evil, the Emperor, uh, was talking to Anakin and told him of the legend of Darth Plagueis. Basically, he was Palpatine's mentor, looking for a way to evade death. He had the power to stop people from dying and was looking for a way to come back from the dead. And Palpatine ended up killing him in his sleep and, you know, becoming the main Sith lore, the main source of evil or whatever, dark, this dark side. But, uh, yeah, a lot of... You know, I hope that in the expanded universe before they made them not canon, Darth Plagueis did find a way to come back from death and did haunt the characters in the future. So I think it's a cool little story from the prequel trilogy, and I think they. Sh I despise resurrection. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm going to intercede here and say I really, really. It's in line with the Jedi and the dark side because they already came back as Force ghosts. If one figured out how to come back in a body. 
Okay, fine. I'm not saying it does. It violates the lore. I'm saying it's bad story writing. Oh, I disagree. No, you can disagree all you want, but here's the problem with it. If they introduce it into the movies, and they and they figure out which and they figure out which uh, uh, characters the audience loves the most, they might just end up doing what Ari Salvatore did with his primary fantasy series and just keep bringing them back. The problem is, is that I I don't know how. I don't know what magical force has been preventing Disney from creating movies by committee, but as soon as they have they have failures, which eventually they will, because no one could possibly keep beating the odds the way they have. Every successful movie that they release kind of builds, uh, kind of adds to the well. When are they going to fail? Uh, a question. They already failed with cars. <laughs> Okay, we can all agree on that. That was a cat. That was a toy grab, and I'm pretty sure that movie was successful, wasn't it? I don't know. Their follow-ups were terrible, but Lone Ranger was awful. Yeah, Disney's had its fair share of flops. Let's not like think it hasn't. Well, it's just had more success than flops. Are the best successful movies right now? Okay. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is that so far their successes have outweighed the failures, and that's part of the reason why they're not making movies by committee. But if you bring resurrection into something, into the equation, you risk someone saying, hey, let's ride this money train of a character as far as we can. Look at Pirates of the Caribbean, which you know I think I think it deserves its own look, but nevertheless, it... You... I, it is no. a huge risk, but sometimes the risk is worth the reward. If done right, I'm not saying it will be done right. I'm not saying it will even happen, but I'm saying like if it does happen, we should wait to see how it plays out before knocking it. Okay, yes, but I feel like movie. This is the difference between movies and books. In a book, resurrection can be written right. It can be the resurgence of a arch villain that has cheated death and come back to haunt the, the heroes that he squared off against once and has hell-bent on killing because of what, because of the life they took from him but or her. But in a movie, you have... It kind of ruin It kind of invalidates the experience because... You're watching people go through a journey, and if someone comes back, you've got to ask, well, what the hell was the point of all the other stuff? I have never seen a movie written well enough to, that could circumvent that very valid question if you introduce resurrection to the equation. I'm just saying it would be the next natural thing from Force Ghosts if one of them found the way to come back. Yeah. Well, we can agree to disagree on this point. We can. Although I'm right. Well, depending on come back also. Come back in, in a body form or... Uh, Sorry? What did you say, Mike? Right, you're right in the opposite world. And therefore... Come back in, well, at Harry Potter, uh, Voldemort came back. And they, it was done well. Touche. Yeah, yeah, but you see, Voldemort... Yeah, but you see, Voldemort was, it was killed in a very specific way. And it was pre-established in the series before before we full-on met him and before he was officially resurrected that he was, after fashion, immortal. But this has been established in the prequel trilogy that there is was a Sith Lord looking for that. 
And the forest, the forest already is almost like immortality. Forest ghosts. This is not embodied. I form. do not think there is a single writer in Hollywood who can write resurrection well enough to make it uh, to make a movie worth my time. I I I would go see it. I would probably be very unimpressed. That's just my position. Well, I guess we'll see, folks. But, um, yeah, I can't believe we're actually only a few days out from this movie. I felt like this... Not even a week left. I feel like this year actually did not go by as slow as I thought it would since we first saw that teaser trailer over a year ago now. Yeah, absolutely. It just flew by. It really did, and I will say I think more movies and, you know, movie studios, rather, can learn a lesson from how Disney's been marketing this, in that they have not shown us anything, but they have are making everybody and their mother want to see this movie. Oh, by that, would you mean Warner Brothers' complete and utter d- d- dismal effort at effective marketing? Uh, that's a topic for another time, because I disagree with that completely, and have read... You in- saw the whole movie in the trailer! Actually, you did not, but that's a different podcast for another time, because I actually do want... I do want... I want this settled right now. This is a Star Wars podcast. Okay. But that doesn't change the fact that you saw pretty much every meaningful scene of character development that that the movie could possibly have. You had, but nevertheless, you're right. Getting back on topic, we folks, we will have a podcast on that Batman versus Superman trailer at some point because I do want to debate the hell out of Nikolai on that subject at some point. Yeah, not much of a debate when you're wrong. Exactly. Thank you for admitting it. Anyway, in case you can't tell, ladies and gentlemen, the three of us have been friends for many years now. I'm still figuring out how to divorce him. (laughs) I get to keep Mike, by the way. Oh, you'd go to custody battle over that one. Um, But, yeah, do any of you have any final uh, thoughts on... Thoughts, hopes, dreams, comments to make on Star Wars or, you know, the new movie coming out soon? Go see the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, after that first tra- trailer, I became convinced that this sounded like Star Wars. It looked like Star Wars. It felt like Star Wars. I could not control my reaction. It was the absolute unbridled joy that you can only experience from something that you've loved for so long and pointing this out at the last minute we my girlfriend and i were going to alamo draft house which is an awesome movie theater in dallas and and yonkers by the way for people in the tri-state area and we are getting collectible pints on the night so we will have physical mementos of the night that we saw the resurgence and re and rebirth of an amazing of an amazing series uh let me ask you actually if that you Throughout the trailer, so I want to ask you both one more thing. When you first saw that first teaser trailer, or even the first theatrical trailer, what was the one image that sticks out the most in your mind? Well, for me, it's the music. Start when it starts up. What about you, Nikolai? Oh, you know what? Actually, I am unsure how to answer that. All of it was so good. It did, mm. I have two very clear things. In the teaser trailer, it was uh, that pause after it was said, the dark side and the light, and then the Millennium Falcon just burst onto the screen with the score swelling behind it. And That th- was pretty awesome, yeah. And then in the theatrical trailer, it was when Hanzo said, it's true, all of it, you know, and you 
the Falcon makes a jump to hyperspace and you just see it, you know, racing at light speed. Uh, for me, okay, if we're going to do teaser and official trailer, I have to say, for me, the out of the official... Out of the official trailer, it would have to be that scene in the fo- in the forest where you see Kylo Ren deploy his claymore of a lightsaber, and John Boyega standing with the, the Luke's blue lightsaber. And I'm just thinking, yes, this is what the this is what the original Star Wars was missing. And I, you can, you don't. There's not a. There's almost. There's one clash of sabers portrayed there but the amount of tension and build up for that was off the scale then um from the teaser yeah nothing can really top the millennium falcon doing those uh, doing those maneuvers and just <laughs> and then the score just oh wow <laughs> it was uh, it was un- it was an um, again an unbelievable jolt of joy to the system. Mike, do you have any final words? I, I think too. Also, when I saw, I saw I saw both I saw both trailers in the theater. Also, yeah, so did I. It looked amazing. I never do it when, when I'm in a theater. Usually, you do a talk during a trailer. It's the first time in a long time that during a trailer it was like total silence and people staring at the screen. Yeah, Aww. yeah, that's a good. That's a very good point. I think. That's the power Star Wars has over just everyone, no matter what your background, your age, your gender, your race, whatever. I think Star Wars has a universal effect over most people. Yeah, definitely. It is something that makes you feel good, too, you know? Oh, definitely. And, you know, speaking of feeling good, that's one thing I hope this new trilogy desperately has, a sense of fun and adventure that the prequels I felt lacked. And, I, am, I completely agree. And there you go. We all agree on something. So that's a perfect time to end the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it's been great. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we will be recording a Star Wars The Force Awakens reaction episode after next weekend, after we've all seen the movie and a time to process it. Uh, and like I, I said... I forward to that. Oh yeah, so am I. I can't wait. And in 2016, this will become a regular thing for the website. So, thanks for downloading and listening. Uh, again, my name's Anthony. Have fun and enjoy the movie. Enjoy the and movie. We'll see everyone. you next week. See you next week. Have have a good one. And may the force. blog about nothing and the podcast about nothing are not affiliated with or endorsed by any of the websites actors actresses artists studios publishers writers creators etc that we may discuss in any given post or podcast it is solely for the purposes of entertainment all names mentioned and or images videos and sounds used are registered trademarks and are copyrights of said websites actors actresses artists studios publishers writers creators etc Excerpts and links may be used, provided that full and clear credit is given to Anthony Thomas Caruso, the blog about nothing, and the podcast about nothing, with appropriate and specific direction to the original content. Thank you for your support, and enjoy. Enjoy.